Bryson here. Of course, I am back with my very, very good friend LB. How are you today, LB? Did you enjoy your holiday? And are you prepared? Best season of all, and that is absolutely Thanksgiving. Everyone can weep. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm already weeping because you said to weep, and so I'm weeping. I mean, I love Thanksgiving, but I'm sorry if you think Thanksgiving is better than Christmas, then you're just on like crack. Oh, come Chris- on. It's on, my, it, might, it might not be better. I, I would agree. It's probably not better, but it, at least you just can't skip right over Thanksgiving. You have to you have to just roll with Thanksgiving and get get what you got in the holiday. It's a decent holiday. You know, I get off from work slash school during this time. So it's a good time. I get turkey like it's a good time for me. Like I'm not just going to skip over Thanksgiving goes on to December. That's looking ahead and I'm just not doing it. I'm, I'm taking my opponent month holiday by holiday and Thanksgiving is next. I know in Canada, you guys already celebrated it. It would be good for you, but it's time for Thanksgiving Turkey time. Halloween's over. We're on to Thanksgiving. I'm with you, man. We're on to Thanksgiving. I'm with you. I mean, I love Thanksgiving. Don't get me wrong. It's it's football. It's Thanksgiving. Obviously, growing up, you always played. For it. it just has a different a different type of meaning to it to people that are like, you know, religious about football like you and I. But um, I mean, for me, Christmas is just the best. And the funny thing is that a lot of times for Christmas, I wind up eating turkey again. So I start to think to myself, like, like, so basically Christmas is Thanksgiving with a little lead up day, Christmas Eve, which is my favorite day of the year, by the way, I love Christmas Eve. And you end up eating turkey again anyway. So it's basically just, it's basically Thanksgiving on whatever Julian Edelman has taken. <laughs> He's, there's a TB12 supplements LB that definitely aren't banned. All right, we love it. So basically Christmas is... The TB12 version of Thanksgiving. Hey, I'll take it. As long as you just don't ignore the holiday altogether, I'm just all for it. I'll accept that Christmas is better, and I actually like New Year's as well. New Year's is also elite. And then after that, it gets kind of bleak. So we're in a full holiday season, so I'm I'm perfectly ready for all this. And so I wanted to get to L. Bryson Corner, which was formerly Jim Corner, but we're just going to call it L. Bryson Corner, just full of bro stuff that OB and I do. And I have, a, I have a very good question for LB here because I found myself, you know, a very wise gym goer, as everyone knows. I found myself in an awkward position today because, look, I was in the gym and I was squatting and I'm, I'm wanting to know, is it okay to take your shoes off at the squat rack when you squat? And if it is, can you do this in other spots in the gym or is it just okay at the squat rack? Because for me, I need to take my shoes off because, look... I can't wear tennis shoes when I squat because they kind of move back and forth. They aren't good force conductors. So like your feet aren't as much with the floor as they should be. So that's why I wear flat shoes. And most people that go to the gym and know this will wear flat shoes because it's easier for the force to travel down to the ground, thus making you a little bit more stronger. Your lifts a little bit easier. And the galaxy brain version of this is just taking your shoes off and doing it with your feet. And I got to say, it's awesome. It, completely eliminates the whole balance thing you feel like a like very primitive when you're doing it like it's a very primitive exercise it got me going this morning gotta say i liked it but i felt like a complete weird weirdo with my shoes off so i got i gotta ask lb good or bad i don't know if i've ever seen that truthfully so i mean i'm thinking first off the first thing that comes to my mind is a sanitary issue so i mean not necessarily for the people that not necessarily for everybody else, but for you, um, I would certainly be worried about getting, I mean, you have socks on, I'm guessing. Yeah. Socks on uh, socks off would be like, you should go to prison. That That's a prison. Yeah. Cause I mean, then you're just begging for athlete's foot. Like you're literally just like asking somebody, Hey, can you rub your nasty athlete foot ridden toes all over me, all over, you know, the, the cracks of my toes, please. So I guess, you know, socks on, you're in your own little world there. I mean, I don't see an issue with it. If I walked by, if anything, I'd just be interested and I'd probably say, hey, man, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? 
did you get all was it just you at the gym were there other people around like looking at you like hey look at this guy he's just working out in those shoes that's actually one of the coolest things i've ever seen i mean ask yourself this would you want everybody at the gym walking around shoeless that's a good point the answer is no yeah so i would think i think i'm gonna draw the conclusion that it is okay in certain sense in certain instances but you must not take your shoes off in other spots of the gym. It's only acceptable at the squat rack or even deadlift. I'll accept deadlift. A lot of people deadlift with their shoes off as well, but that's it. You're not going to stand in curl with your shoes off and your socks and with the easy curl bar looking like a dope. Just do it at the squat rack and the deadlift and it's okay from there. And you know, if you're doing this, you're not going to do like 20 sets because that's just weird. Your shoe, your feet are like exposed for just entirely too long. You're subjecting everyone else around you to just bad smells and vibes <laughs> all together because a gym is obviously stinks. Like it smells like a gym, but I don't need your feet too. Like that's just no, just no. I'm having such a blast at the gym. This guy next to me took his shoes off. I don't know if you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. How many of you guys ever saw, um, Married with children, but that's all I can think of right now. You're a crazy man, Bryson. I love it. I mean, I've never seen somebody scope, but you said it's pretty common. I don't know. Maybe it's a new thing. You said galaxy brain, so anybody yeah, who's, who's ever seen thing. the... It might just be a thing that freaks do. so I might just be a freak. So. You know what's funny is that like certain things like that at the gym, right? Like you say taking your socks off is actually a big help for you, and it, and it helps you, you know, um, lift more, so... I find that interesting because I used to think of like that bench shirt. I always thought of it as almost like cheating. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Because my dad had me try and I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm doing more weight, but it's like I feel like I'm getting a boost from the shirt that I wouldn't normally have. And I didn't I didn't even feel like I ever got a good workout in with the shirt on. Well, if you can LB, get a good that's because you're an honest guy, LB. Look, you're you're a very honest guy and you put the shirt on Im- immediately, you're smart and you know this is gonna help me. And you're like, no, you know what? I want my ligaments, <laughs> muscles, and tendons to work um, individually from the stupid shirt. I don't need the stupid shirt because that is cheating. So I don't need it. So good for you. So do you agree? I, I never was a big fan of that shirt, man. I never wore one. Never. I tried it. I tried it. My my pops had one that he had grown out of, and it was when I was at that certain age. He was like, here, try this thing and I don't know. I mean, I just, I didn't like it. It was kind of cool in a way, but it's like, to me, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even feel like, I feel like I could do more weight, but like, I didn't feel like I even got as good of a workout. Like I want to work out and no, I just worked out. My favorite workouts are when I woke up the next day and I couldn't walk. Cause you're like, oh, now I'm just going to go crazy on my protein. I'm going to take all my supplements and I just know I'm feeding my muscles all day. I'm feeding everything. There's like that little mental thing of like, Every bite of a freaking burger you're taking, you're like, yeah, this is going straight to my biceps, baby. Like <laughs> all this protein just just going right there. You know what I mean? Because most people don't work out is that when you work out and you're sore, it means that you tore the muscle. And that's actually the goal. You want to tear the muscle so that it builds itself back up stronger. I mean, to me, the body, the human body is fascinating. Like I will see an athlete and I just think – like I mean Josh Gordon. To me, he has turned into a bodybuilder. I know that you you guys have you guys have disagreed with me slightly, and you you've shown the clips from 2013 how fast he was. He was still obviously a very big guy, but I mean, he is so much just thicker, bigger. He, he just looks 25 to 30, maybe 40 pounds of muscle on that body, dude. Like that is one muscular sob. He is no longer an NFL wide receiver. He is an NFL bodybuilder. He is basically, in my eyes, he's reminding me of David Boston. David Boston was obviously taking all kinds of steroids. That's a throwback name. You guys should Google David Boston. He was this phenomenal player. First round, came from Ohio State, played for Arizona, had this year where he had over like 1,600 yards. I think his quarterback was Jake Plummer or something that year. And he had this monster year, and then he just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you should Google the before-after pictures of this guy because you will laugh so hard. David Boston. Ohio State. I mean, he just basically juiced his way out of the league, and he got so big that, like, he could no longer move his arms to catch the football. But Josh Gordon, man, in Seattle, I don't know. Interesting Ooh. fit there. Well, breaking news, Josh Gordon is going to the Seahawks. And actually, I think we all talked about this. In my opinion, and probably some others' opinion, Josh Gordon is a, a really good fit with a scrambling quarter quarterback like Russell Wilson. I, th- I mean, DK Metcalf is putting up numbers. I don't think he's a great receiver by any means. And Josh Gordon does more of the same that DK Metcalf does, except for he's a little bit quicker. He's probably not as fast. 
But I think Josh Gordon can be productive in Seattle's system, and it's a good fit for him. Out of any teams in the league, I would say the Packers, the Seahawks, maybe the Chiefs, I think all really good fits for Josh Gordon. And yeah, maybe Josh Gordon isn't the player he once was, but he still can be a productive above-replacement level receiver in the NFL, which is, in my opinion, you know, not what guys like DK Metcalf does. I can get I can get guys to do what DK Metcalf does, but maybe Josh Gordon does some some of the same stuff and is still productive. And I'll, I'm going to be rooting for him. It's going to be fun. Oh, he's better than DK. I've I've backed off some of the DK stuff. I know that you're kind of still more into the DK sucks thing, and I love it. I respect it. Sir, I, mean, I never said he sucks. This is I said that he is very he's very fast. He can't catch very well, and he's not quick. And people really get mad over that, even though they can't dispute any of these things. Oh, I'm sorry. Isn't he the same guy that ran the three cone slower than uh, Tom Brady? I believe so. He's very yeah. quick. Everything he you is. just said is true. Yes, he can run a straight line really fast. So can Usain Bolt. Whatever, you know. Um, here's the thing. I think that you are correct. I think that he is a much better player than DK Metcalf at this point. DK Metcalf maybe down the road can be a better player of than what this version of Josh Gordon is. I'm sure. Give him a couple years, but this version of Josh Gordon is better than the current version of DK Metcalf that we're seeing. And you know, I think that he will be phenomenal in that offense. I'm I'm not. What is phenomenal? I don't know. Everybody has a different definition. I mean, to me, if he can just show up there and just at least last the season, he can give them a good five, six hundred yards and the amount of games they have left, and that works great. Maybe a few touchdowns. Like you said, Russell Wilson likes to run around. Josh Gordon is actually a smarter guy than some people think. He does understand defenses a little bit. He's not Antonio Brown or Randy Moss level in understanding of, of defenses, but he's a pretty smart guy. He's smarter than DK. I think he'll produce there, man. I think it's a perfect fit. Where it's not a perfect fit is some of the stuff with Josh Gordon. You know, I am assuming that he's sober. Sober or not sober, Josh Gordon has always been known as lazy. Michael Lombardi said he was a loaf. He was a dog. His words at practice, he said he was the laziest practice player he ever saw in the NFL. Michael Lombardi said this when Josh Gordon got traded to the Patriots. We were obviously all going through our um, honeymoon phase. We're all, you know, wooing over him. So we kind of didn't really get anybody to that. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And I mean, some of those things popped up. You know, he's a guy that's late to stuff. He's a guy that doesn't exactly outwork anybody in practice. He wasn't exactly a Patriots type player. I think they let him get sober. They wanted to see if that would change. But I think that that's who Josh Gordon is at heart. How does that work with Pete Carroll, who's very loosey goosey? We'll see. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I'll be another thing that was interesting to me was obviously a lot of people like this on Twitter. Michael Lombardi saying that he said this to be exact before we get into the Patriots Ravens. He said, I was, it's very well known that Beckham, he wants to be on the Patriots. I was told last off season that he was texting players at the Patriots. He wants to yep. go there. Odell was. was begging. Odell was begging. And from a couple people, the Patriots are interested, but not interested on taking that contract on or fixing his contract. It's really it's a tough scene for Odell. He's with Baker now. He's with Eli. He loves Tom Brady so much, and Tom Brady loves him so much. We all saw the picture. It's a very tough scene for Odell. I wish he was on the Patriots. You know the cap su- the cap hit sucks sucks that he's not a Patriot. But this would just be a very fun thing to have Odell Beckham with Tom Brady and them both tearing it up. Maybe they can just maybe they just trade for Odell and beg Tom Brady to stay no matter what. Okay, Tom, here's a two-year contract and Odell Beckham. Please stay. I love you. Oh, I'm all 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 in on that. Man, I'm about to I have so much to say. What does here. Odell have to do, LB? What does he have to do to go? Does he have to, does he, have to he doesn't have to go to Antonio Brown. I don't recommend he go to Antonio Brown levels. But if Odell wants to get out of there, maybe he he can't really can't really punch anyone. What can he do? Can he like just start fighting the kicking net every game? And they're like, man, look, this guy's going crazy with the kicking net. He's, I was going to say that. <laughs> like, what if he misses a couple plays because he's fighting the kicking net? Maybe, ah, man. Maybe, maybe they got to let him go. And they're like, look, what's going on? And he's like, look, I want to play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's awesome. And Baker stinks. And I'm really tired of it. And I will literally do anything. And I will absolutely go to AB levels of craziness to even do it. Here's the thing about me, man. This might shock people, 
I think some people probably think sometimes like I'm a little bit old school in certain ways. There's something about Odell Beckham Jr. that I just absolutely love. Love it. Love it. I love the entire thing. I love the whole package. He's entertaining. He's funny. He's nice. He's always smiling. He always looks happy. But then there's this football side of him where he is fighting nets. He is getting into it with Josh Norman all day long, baby. Josh Norman's going at him. He wasn't your typical NFL wide receiver. I'm sorry. Randy Moss, you start cracking him in the mouth. What does Randy Moss do? He shuts it down. He's done for the day. See you, Randy. Randy's out. Odell? Go ahead, Jim. Get in his face. Start a fist fight with him. Hit him in the head 14 times. He's going to catch the game. Go ahead, touchdown later in the game, which he did versus the Panthers that day. Go ahead, touchdown late in the game. The Panthers 15-1 and that year. They were just a great team. They came back one. But Odell, he got into it all day with Josh Norman. All day, which I loved seeing. How many NFL wide receivers are just soft? Just soft. They want no part of physicality. They not want no part of blocking. Odell has that in him. He's a tough guy. He doesn't get the respect he deserves as a tough NFL player. When he's on the sidelines fighting kicking nets or he's freaking out on the sidelines, is it ever about touches or is it about his team's losing? I've never seen him pout about touches. Antonio Brown always pouted about touches, pouted about targets, things like that. Brandon Cooks pouted about targets when he was in New Orleans, even though they had just won a game, 35-14 to 14 or something like that. He is not those players. Brand- OBJ loves football. He's a nice guy. And I would love for anybody, anybody listening to this podcast, find me one player in the NFL across the league ever who has been more respectful to the greats than than Odell Beckham Jr. You won't find one. You're preaching, OB. I like Odell Beckham Jr. too. He's a great player, and he loves Tom Brady, and Tom Brady loves him. So that's really good enough for me. And I like his hair. I like his hair. He's got nice hair. He's got nice hair. He's, got, he's more handsome than Josh. He's more handsome than both of us combined. That's really saying a lot. <laughs> I don't. It is. It is saying a lot. Both of us. Yeah, that's 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 like next level handsome. Truthfully, I mean, I don't oh, think you can get more handsome than that. I didn't think so either until I saw Odell Beckham Jr. and then Josh Gordon and then Isaiah Wynn and the list goes Isaiah on. Wynn Shobbs. Apparently, OB, today, the Patriots players were very happy to see Isaiah win back this week and Nikhil Harry, which Nikhil Harry has his travel bags, probably going to travel because there is a game, OB, a night game, which, as we know, I say it every time the Patriots have a night game. I love night games. I love Thursday night games, Monday night games, anytime where the Patriots are front and center. I absolutely love it. Love being the center of attention. Don't care. This is a fun matchup with lots of fun history. Joe Flacco isn't there to haunt our dreams anymore, LB. But it's a completely different team. Ravens, Patriots, reminds me of Edelman to Danny Amendola, which, of course, you posted today, and it was absolutely awesome. The year-love moment when it when the Patriots were about to get the game-sealing interception. The Bill Belichick ref moment, which you just told me about, reminded me about. Um, when Belichick pushed the ref after the field goal that mm-hmm. looked like it went slightly out, but the refs counted it. A lot of a lot of close games with the Patriots and the Ravens. A lot of not so close games. You know, as of recent, I think the Patriots are three and two against the Ravens in the last five matchups. I actually went back, looked at Tom Brady's numbers against the Ravens. Not the greatest, obviously. Some games really good, some games still not really great. But the Ravens LB. They they present some matchup problems here. And I just want to first say shout out to all the Ravens fans listening to this. I know some Ravens fans that will be listening to this, and I love them very much. They're nice people. So shout out to them. Rare, nice Ravens fans. Love it. Everyone, every Ravens fan's interacted with me has been very nice. Maybe it's just because the Patriots are really good. I don't know. But they they haven't been they haven't been too like shit talky. They've been just kind of like good luck. It's gonna be a good game, blah, blah, blah. And of course. But the Ravens off a of bye. Really good coach. I mean, I don't like the guy, but John Harbaugh, good coach. He's coached a great season so far this year. Off a of bye. Patriots before a bye. NFL teams before a bye, as we've talked about before, don't normally perform well. Um, so off a of bye. Patriots coming into the bye. The Ravens have a top five offensive line. They stop the run really well. They hold the ball. They're good on third down. 
you know, maybe you could say they've played some weak defenses, but I don't, I'm not sure I care too much about that. But the Ravens present a lot of a lot of problems. Lamar Jackson's fast. He's a lot better than I expected him to be this year. They've cooled off as of recent. But this is no team to scoff at, LB. Actually, I've been going through it in my head. In my, I just I have a bad feeling about this game. I don't usually have bad feelings. I don't think I have had a bad feeling all season, but I got a little bad feeling about this game. What do you think about what do you think about the Ravens team, LB? Here's what I think in general. I think every time the Ravens show up on your schedule, regular season, postseason, there's a little thing there in the back of our heads. I remember I talked about it with the Giants. I told you, you know, even when it's um even when it's every single year they play the Giants, week four of the preseason, right? And every single time I think helmet catch. 2011 Manningham and you know there's always and you're like ah this team the Ravens man you know there's certain teams that you put above other teams because they've shown the ability to not be intimidated by the Patriots and actually be able to beat the Patriots it's a short list man it's a very short list you have the New York Giants you have the Denver Broncos and last but certainly not least you have the Baltimore Ravens and the Ravens now have they came into your house in 2009, Ray Rice, first play of the game. I think Ray Rice is still running, as a matter of fact. I don't think the defense ever caught him. I think it was like 80 yards touchdown. No, you're wrong. He got in an elevator later. That's, that's what stopped him. <laughs> you're right. They did slow him down. Um, they did They did catch Ray Rice. He, he did stop running, as a matter of fact. You are correct. But there was that day, and then – you know, 2011 comes. The Ravens come to your house. Um, Brady has that reach over touchdown. Him and Ray Ray Lewis get into a little bit after the touchdown. They throw it up wide open. Lee Evans drops it. Sterling Moore should never have to pay a pay for a beer in Boston ever again. Tips it away. Billy Cundiff comes in, misses that short field goal, and the Patriots go to the Super Bowl. And then the next year. 2012, the Ravens come to your building. You had just changed up your defense kind of on the fly. You picked up Akeem Tlaib midseason, and he changes everything, plays great. He's out early in the game. In the second half, it's just the Anquan Bolden show, and you lose. Joe Flacco has this legendary run, all those touchdowns, no interceptions. Truthfully, it was a legendary quarterback run. Um, that, then Ray Lewis goes out on top with another ring, with the second ring of his career to go along with the 2007, 2000 Ravens, you know, arguably the greatest defense ever. And there's just been some big games, like you said, um, regular season, field goal. Belichick wants those things put on the field goal post so that uh, it goes up into the sky <laughs> so that you can see if a field goal is good or not, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the list goes on and on, not to mention – Let's never forget this, and I haven't mentioned it yet because sometimes I feel like by bringing certain things up, you keep it afloat and you remind people of negative things. But who do they say started the flake gate, my good man? The Ravens. The Ravens sent a thing to the Colts. These guys are playing with footballs. Blah, blah, blah. So there's still that little thing there. John Harbaugh could say whatever he wants. Let's never forget John Harbaugh, who gave – who gave the uh, wrote a letter in his on his behalf, telling the Ravens to hire this guy, hire John Harbaugh? Do you remember who who wrote that letter? That would be Bill Belichick. That would be Bill Belichick, and things aren't. <laughs> Harbaugh could say anything he wants about how he and Bill, you know, he respects Bill and all. Eh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think there's much love lost there. I think the Patriots are still pretty pissed off about that whole thing, the way the whole thing worked out. Who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know. Who cares? But I do think that the rivalry is very much still alive. And I think the Ravens are one of those teams that every time they're on their schedule, you should look at it and you should take notice and say, oh, I don't care what their record is. I don't care who their quarterback is. They're a tough team. They're not intimidated by us. Yeah, you're right, LB. I think they should also take the PSI measurements of the football during this game just to make sure no one's under 12.5. You know? It's just the little important stuff. I would like to know if the football is way more than Lamar Jackson. He's like, he's so skinny, right? Have you ever seen a thinner NFL quarterback? He is very thin. I don't think so. He's a pretty thin guy. He's very thin. He's really fast, man. It works for him because I I haven't seen him take any vicious, like, shots. Have you? I haven't seen him take a big shot. 
he seems pretty smart, seems to understand, you know, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. I think he's been doing this so long that he understands, you know, running from the quarterback position is not the same as running from running back or anything like that. It's a much different style of run. Michael Vick mastered it. Michael Vick is the mentor to Lamar Jackson. So, um, there's certainly a lot going on there, and he is no easy task, in my opinion. I don't think he's a great passer of the football, but he makes plays, and that matters. Definitely, LB. So with that, we can kind of talk about how to maybe the Patriots will attack their defense and their offense. Um, I just want to say before we start here, let's get to know the Ravens a little bit better. I think all of this, my opinion, but obviously, just said it, top five offensive line. They hold the ball a whole lot. They run the ball a whole lot. They're good on third down. So they get a lot of third and shorts. They chew the clock a whole lot. And the Ravens kind of have sneaky, decent secondary pieces to match up with the with the Patriots. I mean, a lot of people don't think Marcus Peters is that good, but who knows? Maybe Marcus Peters has a great day against Philip Dorsett, doesn't go for any balls, and just kind of clamps down the outside. Then they have Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith, who aren't the greatest. Like, these players aren't great players at all by any means, but they're just decent players. For a Patriots offense, that's kind of struggled a little bit, mainly because they have three – They last week they had three backup offensive linemen, and we we hope, we think Shaq Mason's going to play this week, so it'll only be two. But for the Ravens' defense, it's not a great defense. You know, the last couple games – Still 5.3 yards per play, I think. They've gotten a lot better. A lot of people think the Ravens have gotten a lot better defensively in the last couple games. But also, a lot of people think they haven't played any good offenses. That Seattle game was really weird. It was raining. I'm not sure what to take from that game. But, LB, this could be one of those games where the Ravens, the Patriots defense is absolutely, absolutely awesome. This could be one of those games where – Maybe the Patriots defense doesn't get as many turnovers. I'm just laying out the way for the Ravens to win right now. Oh, there's a lot of ways for them to win. The Patriots defense doesn't get those turnovers. The Patriots defense doesn't score, which, like, relying on the Patriots defense to score, it's like it's been an automatic thing every game, but it's like it's actually a really crazy thing that it's automatic. So maybe it just doesn't happen this game. The Ravens don't really turn the ball over much. I know that has a lot to do with luck, but they just kind of put themselves in a position where they don't turn the ball over. And maybe the Ravens just have a lot of long drives and the Patriots, I don't know, man. They just have a lot of long drives. They score a little once or twice. They get. I mean, if the Ravens get up front first, I think that's the key. The Patriots have to get up front as soon as they can, so the Ravens are playing behind. But if the Ravens get up front, we have not yet seen the Patriots offense play from behind. I still think Tom Brady's really good. But I, I just think the Ravens, they kind of they match up kind of decently with the, if, since the offensive line is not good for the Patriots right now. The, the Ravens are really good. They love stopping the run. They're really good at it. They're not the greatest pass rush team. They're not good in sacks and pressures or things like that. But do you really need to be when you're playing the Patriots offensive line, which isn't very good? And it, it's just they, they could absolutely, the Patriots could absolutely go to go down there to Baltimore and just lay a stinker, which wouldn't to me wouldn't mean much for their projection for the rest of the season. They lose a game, just like the Titans game last year. That would be really it. They lose a game away. But I could definitely see this scenario, LB. I think the key is going to have to be keep, not turn the ball over on offense. Obviously, stopping the run and Lamar Jackson. You have to contain Lamar Jackson. The Patriots on the edge, they have Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, a lot of these guys. In years past, they weren't as athletic as they are right now, and that kind of helps them with Lamar Jackson. So they're going to contain Lamar Jackson with their pass rush. They're not going to get in front of them. They're not going to rush past them. Belichick's going to tell people, no swimming this game. We're not swimming. We're not going to the fucking pool. No swimming. They're all going to keep Lamar Jackson in front of them. I think they're just going to, with their rush, they're going to try to tell Lamar that there's no lanes and force him to be a deep field passer, which PFF has him as one of the worst deep field passers in the entire NFL. Blower than Josh Allen, I think. Rosen, guys like that. So I think I think what they'll do is just kind of play a little bit of zone, keep him in front, Force Lamar to beat you downfield. 
And I would say just go all out and stop and contain Lamar Jackson, stop in the run. And that's what I think about the defense LB. What do you think? So I don't know if you remember, we had this little discussion at some point um, during the offseason. We talked about the Super Bowl. And I think even you've kind of come around on this a little bit more. We had talked about the Super Bowl. Brady had all those yards, but the defense was really bad. And at that point, I started mentioning, dude, it's all about sustaining drives. And that's what worries me sometimes about an NFL team. That's how the Colts really just took it to the Chiefs. If you allow a team to beat you on third down consistently, you will not win that football game. And that scares me a little bit with this Ravens team. And here's why. The Ravens, you know they're going to run it a good amount. They'll probably run first down, second down, whatever, whoever the hell they give the ball to. It usually doesn't matter. You know, you get to third and three, third and four, third and six, and where's Lamar? What's Lamar doing? Are you going to allow him to run on third down on you all day and pick up those little six, seven, eight, twelve 12-yard gains that ultimately lose you a football game? Because if Lamar can convert – on third downs, I don't see them picking up a ton of big plays on first or second down, truthfully. I just don't think they're built that way. I think that if it really is going to come down to Lamar Jackson running the football on third down, because if it comes to where we're in third and two, third and eight, and we're watching the Patriots defense somehow get beaten on those for runs, that's that's not good. I, I'm a firm believer in Long drives are about not big plays at all. Long drives are about anything but. Long drives are about consistent plays, consistently strong plays, four yards, five yards, six yards at a time, the occasional two, the occasional minus one. But you get back, you know, you start off, you run the ball minus one, now you're at second and 11, the guy runs for six, now you're in third and five, and you say, hey, Lamar, man, here's what you got. Here's what's in front of you. If you don't see anybody, just tuck it and run. And as you said, the defense is much more athletic than in the past. But I, I feel this game comes, comes down to third downs, man. Just that simple. Both teams, third downs. Who converts on third down? The Patriots offense on third down, I don't know the numbers. I mean, not good. it's just in the red zone, too. Not good. And they need to start converting on third down, man. And he needs to start looking for his guy, Julian Edelman, on third down more, too. I know he's had some drops, but, I mean, what the hell else are you going to do? And if the defense has trouble on third down Sunday night, it's going to be a close game, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough because Lamar has certain things in his in his toolbox that he can do to beat you on third down. Yeah, absolutely, LB. Um, so that's kind of the Ravens' path to victory here. Hold the ball, get in front. Make New England play from behind. Maybe they take the ball, try to score first. But then there's the Patriots' path to winning, LB. What do you think the Patriots' path to winning is? Do you have a path, LB, for the Patriots? Sorry, I I muted it thinking that I unmuted it because I do this every week because, you know, that's me, that's LB. My, in my opinion, if the Patriots want to win this game, they need to really play their best football. They need to show up motivated on defense. They need to have a real good plan for how they're not going to allow Lamar Jackson to pick up big yards, specifically on third down. Um, he, I don't care if Lamar beats you for 12 on first and second down. I know that sounds weird. I kind of just don't. It's going to happen a couple times. That's who Lamar Jackson is. Third down. Get off the field. Get off the field fast. Don't let them – three and outs, eh, you know, I love three and outs, but, you know, even if they go a couple series, you cannot let them get long drives. Give your offense as many opportunities as possible. Granted, the Patriots' offense is not good, but they do have Tom Brady. They're working in Sanu. Maybe in Kill Harry can do a couple things. I'll tell you this much. If I'm the Ravens, I am running the football every freaking down, and I'm letting Lamar run the ball as much as he wants as well. I don't know. Here's where I struggle, Bryson, truthfully, and I'll let you I'll let you pick up uh, what I'm putting down, as the kids say these days. I actually don't think I've heard somebody say that forever. Definitely not recently, but um, <laughs> how do, how, what do the Patriots do on offense here? Because I can't get a feel for the Patriots offense at all, man. 
Do they attack them in the air? Do they do they run the football? I mean, what do they do? What do the Patriots do offensively? I think the Patriots will definitely try to go with their two tight end sets, maybe two running back sets, get the Ravens heavy lineup out there and try to throw the ball from there. Lots of play action. They are a great run stopping team. And we all know linebackers and players from great run stopping teams. What do they like to do? LB? They're built to stop the run. They love stopping the run. Lots of play action. Try to attack them through the middle of the field. The Ravens are actually a really good man defense team. They're, they mm-hmm. match, usually match up really well. Now they have Peters, who's not a great player by any means, but he is he still good a, in the Super Bowl. He's, yes, he's still a good player. And if you throw a player like Chris Hogan or Dorsett at him, he's going to eat them alive because he's a much better player. But I think lots of play action. I think that'll really help. Actually, the addition of Ben Watson has helped a whole lot. And they they're able to play twelve now, and they can play twenty one, and they have Burkhead. So I think they'll try to they'll try to take care of the Ravens with their backs and through the middle, and they'll work in Sanu a little bit. Sanu actually had a really good out and up the other day, but Brady got sacked, really stunk. I think Sanu will do some things in this game after an extra week. Um, I think the Patriots should definitely also try to run the hurry up a little bit. I've been calling for this and maybe I'm stupid and I'm, I'm a big dumb dope for suggesting it, but I think the Patriots should try to hurry it up a little bit, get some tempo going, um, maybe try to wear out the Ravens defensive line and neutralize the pass rush. I think that would be very, very good for the Patriots offense, especially the offensive line. Hurry it up and just try to shred them in heavy formations is what I, what, what I would think to do, but I'm also just a dummy on Twitter. But that is that's what I would do. But the Patriots, I think it's going to really come down to turnovers, who turns the ball over. Both of these teams don't really turn the ball over. I think a turnover is going to be really big in this game, whoever turns the ball over more. And the other big thing, the other big matchup here is just Lamar Jackson versus Bill Belichick. Belichick's defense has been confusing teams since the Super Bowl. I absolutely think there'll be a couple plays where Belichick just completely confuses Lamar Jackson and he throws interception-worthy pass or turnover-worthy pass. I think this will happen. I think what the Patriots will do, they'll just spread spread them out on the line. They'll put their fast guys in there, try to stop the run from there, put more guys in the line, but also fast guys, similar to what the Chargers kind of did when they played the Ravens in the playoffs. I think that's what they'll do, stop the run, and just pray that your secondary, which is probably the or definitely the best in the league, can just match up with those guys on the outside, Mark Andrews, obviously Lamar Jackson loves him. Got to figure out where he's at every time he steps on the field. I mean, they put two tight ends in the backfield a lot. They put two running backs in the backfield a lot. I mean, they, they do a lot of stuff. It's, it's going to be a really fun game to watch what how the Ravens, after a bye week, attack the Patriots defense, which is, which is amazing. I'm, I'm really actually excited to see how the Ravens even try to stop the Patriots defense. Because a lot of people thought after the Browns game, the Patriots had some leaky plays. I think a lot of that had to do. There were some missed tackles. It was wet. We talked about it last podcast. But also when the after that, after those big couple runs, and the Patriots decided to clamp down, they really owned the Browns. They really started owning the run game. And whenever they wanted to stop the run, they kind of just could. And I think, I think that's the more likely scenario. The Patriots are stopping the run, getting off the field, and the offense isn't amazing, but gets just does enough to win, and the defense gives them good field position. And I think this game, my score will be, without trolling, I'm going to go 23-19. 20, uh, okay. All right, I can dig that. I'm going to go 35-17. to 17. Um, Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. I'm just kidding, of course. Oh, this is a tough one, man. You know, I, I'll, I'll never pick the Patriots to lose, of course. So I'll say, and the reason is too is that people can be like, oh, that's that's so homerish. Yeah, well, my win percentage, loss percentage is like incredible. It's exactly whatever the Patriots is since two thousand one. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's awesome. So weep. Um, geez, man, I want to say New England twenty. What did you say? Twenty three nineteen. Yes. All right, I'm thinking New England, 27, Baltimore, 21. Baltimore has the ball last, and it comes down to some crazy play, incomplete, 
from Lamar Jackson where they're in position to actually score a touchdown. And we're gonna, I mean, of course this won't happen, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> you know, 27-21, Ravens have the football. They're in, you know, goal line territory or some crazy stuff, and we get this phenomenal ending because it seems like that how that's how it just always goes, Patriots-Ravens, when these two football teams are good. Yeah, LB, I'm going to just go ahead and say for the listeners listening, I was like, man, Bryson, you're being weirdly unconfident right now. Yes, I will admit that I am being a big dumb idiot and I am feeling a lot of things and they're probably not rational or of any thought that is considered to be logical. And I don't care. I'm a Patriots fan and I just, I got this bad feeling about this game. And and on Monday, when we come to, to do this podcast, I will be fully ready. We'll in fact do an entire segment on the things we got wrong from this podcast for the Ravens game. And I'll just go ahead and say that I was wrong. If the Patriots end up just blowing the doors off the Ravens and the Ravens defense looks like they stink and the Patriots offensive line holds up and Lamar Jackson looks bad, I'll just go. I'll, I'll be very happy because my team won. My team won, LB. I'll be very happy and I'll, I'll gladly admit I was wrong and you all can make fun of me and that'll be very fun. You can all tweet me and DM me and call me a big dumb idiot and I'll be, I'll be all for that. But I just have this feeling that this game will be close. And I don't. I just can't see a path right now where the Patriots like score 20, 27, 30 points. I think it's going to be really tough. I mean, I'll, I mean, I can see a path from score like twenty four or twenty seven, but thirty. They got to get to thirty. To, I think that's going to be really tough. The over under is low in this game. It's going to be a night game. A lot of injury off the bye week. I think this is going to be a little bit tougher than a lot of people expect. But the Patriots come out with a victory and they get into the bye. And then everything's gravy from here because then Isaiah Wynn comes back in a few weeks and everyone gets healthy and the defense gets a little bit healthier. All the guys that are banged up, you get a bye week. They played a lot of games, LB, the Patriots have had. They had that mini bye week, but they played like three games in 12 days or something like that. They've had, you know, it's been pretty tough. They're playing some teams, a bunch of teams that are coming off their own bye. So, I'm hoping the Patriots don't fall victim to the bye before the before bye week stats that all NFL teams seem to suck at. And after and the good coach John Harbaugh after the bye doesn't own the Patriots after after their bye. But I'll admit I'm wrong, and I'm still picking the Patriots to win. And good luck to the Ravens fans that are listening to this podcast. And it'll be a really fun game. I wish I was going. I should I should be going. I don't know why I'm not going, but I don't know. Bryson, my man, we're forgetting one thing, though, that does happen sometimes. From our dear, good friend of the podcast, New England Patriots, where they do at times come out and have that statement game where they just, you think a game's going to be tough, and they just demolish that opponent. Houston Texans a couple times comes to mind. Many others along the way where, This team's supposed to be the team that's finally going to beat them. This is going to be the game where, you know, you're supposed to be nervous. You're supposed to be feeling the heat because this this is the real deal this time. And then the Patriots come out and just smack the hell out of them, and the game is over within 10 minutes. I mean, could – am I saying that's going to happen? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I will say – Keep that in your back pocket, Patriots fans. The Patriots are due for that statement game where they just let everybody know, F you – we know everything you've been saying, media. We know that Vegas loves the Patriots, but we know all the negative stuff that everybody says. We haven't played anybody. Now you just put a real opponent in front of us. You guys said this is a real opponent. Let's see what you have to say after this game. And if they come out and smack the crap out of this team and they win by a lot and it's over early, don't be shocked. Just saying, don't be shocked. I'm not ex- – again, am I saying that's going to happen? No. But if it happens, I will not be shocked. I will come in. We will do a podcast on Monday, perhaps even Sunday night. And I'll even say to you, look, man, don't be shocked because this team, they're a mentally tough team. They say ignore the noise. But believe me, they hear plenty of the noise. <laughs> they hear the noise that they want to hear is the difference. The ignore noise the noise. Is the, the bull- <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dave Brown. Um, the noise, it's a funny thing. They love the noise, actually. Don't ever the Patriots love the noise. They hear all the noise they want to hear. You said that we're not very good. You said this. You said this. The Patriots Twitter account made that whole thing before the Super Bowl of all the stuff that Kellerman said, all the uh, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Ignore the noise. They don't ignore the noise. They hear all the noise. 
they love the noise. They actually use every drop of noise <laughs> to motivate them. The only type of noise that they want you to ignore is, you know, accusations against AB or stuff about the Flake Gate or Spygate or stuff about Hernandez or Robert Kraft. Yes, ignore all that, please. Ignore all that at all costs. But please hear everything else that we can use to motivate us to be a better football team. Exactly, it'll be. Also, the other thing I want to say is, can we stop asking the players if they think they're going to beat the Patriots? Like, the what are the players going to say? No? God, it's such a non-story. Like, every time the, the media pulls quotes out of context from the opposing team, and, of course, the Patriots draw motivation from this. I'm not sure how much more motivated they could be, but... Thank God stop. for that motivation. They won by... Uh... 27 to 13, they had three straight turnovers in a row and they scored 30, 27 points. So without that motivation, maybe the Patriots lose. Yeah. I'm yeah. being very facetious, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, LB. So let's stop asking those players these questions, LB. I think I think this is going to be a great game. Actually, ELO, ELO rating 538, has the Patriots as a number one ranked team in the NFL and the Ravens as the number seven ranked team in the NFL. ELO is usually pretty smart. Um, they have the Patriots as 3.8 point favorites for this game going into Baltimore. And another good thing for Patriots fans, it seems like the winning on the road hasn't been a problem for teams this year. That The road teams actually have a winning record. Road teams have been able to go in there and win. And then maybe the Patriots are just ultra-focused going into um, the Baltimore Stadium, and they just clobber the doors off of the Ravens. That would be awesome, and we would absolutely love to see it. And I'd be clowning on everyone that said the the Ravens would be a tough matchup for the Patriots. And that actually includes myself. So I'll actually be cold taking myself. And that's awesome. Man, if you didn't ever go into a game saying, oh, hey, I'm not nervous at all. This game's – come on, give me a break, man. Especially – I said this earlier on, and I mean it. Giants, Broncos, Ravens, name other teams that actually – they pop up on your schedule and you say, easy win. Name name other teams like that where you actually circle in the year um, where you're just thinking, okay, that's that's nothing. That's not an issue. Steelers pop up on our schedule. We're like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, try, can you think of any more teams that really actually strike a little bit of fear into you besides the Ravens, Broncos, and Giants? trying to think how about nobody <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's nobody else there isn't that's it, it and the ravens the nfl people, isn't very good this year it's not even about this year it's just consistency the ravens are consistently consistently are very a good team even when they have a bad year they're not that bad they've never been you know 0-16 Lions, 2008 bad. They're never that bad. Even when they have a bad year, it's a bad year for their standards, certainly. But they're consistently good. They're consistent, consistently tough. The Broncos were that same thing for a while. Now, obviously, they suck. The Giants were the same thing for a while. Now, they obviously suck. But the Ravens, consistently good. The Steelers, consistently good. Um, the Patriots, obviously, the next level of consistently good. You know what I mean? The Seahawks are consistently good, tough team. The Ravens are a consistently good, tough team, and they always, for whatever reason, provide a good challenge for the New England Patriots, truthfully. I mean, they really do. OB, the, I think we can wrap the Ravens-Patriots preview up. I think we just went over it very well. I don't think we missed many things there. I think <laughs> the last thing that we should talk about is Patrick Mahomes running. It was a big deal. You know, everyone was tweeting about it. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he has two legs. I'm not sure if anyone's aware of this. But he, he used those two legs, LB, to not only stand up. He Look, look, Patrick Mahomes, I love Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's a great guy. He's a good quarterback. I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes. It's just simply the media coverage of him. But Matt, Patrick Mahomes, he, he takes all of his willpower, LB, to stand out of his seat on the floor. Oh, to, it's amazing. So, oh, yeah. He, amazing. Just, he, he stands up, and it's like a baby walking for the first time. I mean – he not only did he walk, but he also ran. He was running, and everyone loved it. And he was breathing, and 
And man, people were also just obsessed with how this guy was breathing. I mean, he was breathing without looking. He was pouring glasses of water without looking. He was taking drinks without looking. He, I mean, he's crossing the road without looking. I mean, he was doing a lot of stuff that just normal people don't do. And it's how did his hair look? Did his hair look good or? He was. It was in a helmet. But since he's Patrick Mahomes, that amazing. I'm gonna assume it was, it was very flowing. Good. It was, it was very, very good. It was probably like beautiful under that helmet. Oh my god, that guy. The me- oh man. Media. I wonder what his mouthpiece smells like. Do you ever like to sit there and be like, you know, his mouthpiece? It's got. You know, what does it smell like? When I eat it, is is his mouthpiece edible? This next on for ESPN first take. <laughs> is it edible? I mean, if I was to eat it, would I be okay, or would it taste good? If Patrick Mahomes handed me his jock strap, I would absolutely wear it to bed and then probably wear get arrested. Yeah, you know, he's a great guy. Not he's only is be he a funny, great guy, you can just be like, look, it's Patrick Mahomes' jock strap. Like, cool. It's awesome. <laughs> and they would be like, holy sh, that's Pat. Oh, man. Never mind. We made fun of you. It turns out that you should be making fun of us because we're not wearing a ridiculous jock strap on our head. The Patrick Mahomes stuff is weird, man. Did you see the one a couple weeks ago where it said Patrick Mahomes makes it look so easy and he's just throwing a football before a game? Just throwing a football before a game. Like like every every like you can record me and Bryson throwing a football. I promise you can caption it. L Bryson makes it look easy. I just don't think <laughs> It's silly. Like, he's a great kid. I really like him. He talks. He seems genuine. He seems like a nice kid. Like, but the media is just absurd. And you know what's crazy at the, is that the media hasn't made me dislike him the way that they made me dislike Rogers because Rogers is so unlikable. So, really, this whole Holmes thing, it's made me realize how much I really do have a distaste for Rogers, that it was never just about the media, it was about him as a person just being so douchey. Whereas Mahomes get all, gets all this adulation, and it's more like, yeah, you know, he's a great kid, but God, the media sucks. With Rodgers, it was like, God, Rodgers just sucks. You know what I mean here? I know what you mean, OB. OB owning per usual. And I just want to say, everyone listening to this podcast, thanks for listening all the way to the end. We love to see it. And, of course, if you like the podcast, retweet, like, leave a review. Or if you don't. DM me, tell me it sucks, slander me a little bit. Don't slander LB though, just slander me because I'm mostly the reason why it sucks. We love to see it, love you guys, go Pats. Patriots, 23, Ravens, 19. Everyone weeps.